Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Your Breakthrough with Wendy Guerrero. I pray that everyone is doing well as we're nearing the end of 2020. What a year this has been. We are going into December pretty quick here. And I know that there's been a lot going on in the country, in the world. And it just really got me thinking about how content are we? How content are we during all these times of transitions in our life? So that's what I want to talk about today is how to be content during times of transitions. And I have a question for you. If you would fill in the blank in this statement, if only blank, what would your if only be? If only I had a bigger house. If only I had a different president. If only I had a better job, a better spouse, if only what, what would your if only be? You see, the more of these kinds of if onlys we have, the less content that we tend to be, especially during these times of transitions, especially right now. You see, if we don't get content where God has placed us or with who he has placed us in our lives, how is he ever going to move us? or through us, if you will, even deeper than that, how is he going to transition us to a new place or move us forward if we're not content where we are? How would transition even be possible without contentment? Now, I didn't say comfortable. That's a different place entirely. I didn't say get comfortable in your place. I said we need to get content. There's a big difference. And I've learned over the years that being content is, is a lot different than being comfortable. Why don't we pray? Father, thank you for this, this morning. Thank you for this word. And I pray that as we hear it, your word will land on good ground. Glory to you, God. Now, I didn't say get comfortable. So remember, we're talking about contentment in times of transitions. Sure, we have to set our things, our mind on things ahead, right? We have got to set goals. We've got to reach for the stars. We've got to aim high. And Paul even addresses this to those at the church of Colossae. If you would turn with me to Colossians 3, 1 through 4, I'll read it to you. He says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2 of Colossians 3. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Okay, well, but what about the here? What about the now? This is Paul speaking, right? But what about right this very moment? Are we truly content? I mean, are you truly trusting God's truths even in these times of transitions and in these times of of just craziness right now in the year 2020, nearing the end here, during these times in our lives, are we truly trusting God? I want you to look at Philippians 4, 10 to 13 with me. I'm going to read that to you. Paul writes, this is also Paul speaking. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 11 of Philippians 4. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Wow. Verse 12. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Verse 13 says, and it's a very familiar scripture to most of us, I can do all this through Christ or through him who gives me strength. Look at what Paul says in in this passage here. He uses the word learned. And I bet you that Paul learned so much in his ministry. I just love Paul. When Paul wrote this, most of you know that he was on house arrest. Now, this wasn't the kind of fancy house arrest that you would see someone like Lindsay Lohan with her fancy ankle uh, bracelet monitor living in her big mansion. No, he was most likely chained to a guard for two years. I cannot see Lindsay Lohan sitting there chained to a sweaty big guard for two years. Amen. Even though all of this, Paul was still able to be content and express his gratitude to the Philippians. Imagine the witness that Paul was to this man. He was literally chained to him. The apostle Paul, he was a thermostat. I just love him. Instead of having spiritual ups and downs like a thermometer, He went right on as if the situation changed steadily, doing his work and serving Christ, even changing and regulating his surroundings when he needed to. He was a thermostat. He was not a thermometer. I want to be like Paul. Paul was not the victim of his circumstances, but the victor over his circumstances. He says it in verse 13, such a powerful verse that we know so well today. I can accept all things. He says, I could do all things. He didn't have to say some things or, or only these certain things. He didn't have to finagle that or manipulate that. He found his contentment in the spiritual resources abundantly provided by his father. What about us today? Remember, we're talking about contentment, right? Not complacency. The complacent believer is unconcerned about others. And the content Christian wants to share his blessings. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to be too comfortable. I want to be content and I want to learn how to do that. So in verse 11, when he says, I have learned in whatever state I'm in, and that's Philippians 4. We were just reading that passage. Philippians 4.11 says, I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. And right here, the verb learned means that Paul learned by experience. He had to go through many difficult experiences in his life to to learn to be content so he could grow, so that he could be transformed, so that he could transition and be moved to the next level that the Lord had for him. And until we learn this truth in our own battles or through our own situations we are currently in, we are not going to be going anywhere. Imagine for a moment one of your biggest battles that the Lord brought you to and brought you through. Maybe you're still in this battle today. Maybe you're dead set in the center of it. Maybe it's the biggest eye of the storm and the biggest battle that you've ever been in or seen. Now imagine if God just removed you from this, or worse, you removed yourself before it ended. 
what would we have learned? Would we have really grown or would we have completely missed out on an opportunity for movement, for transformation, to go from glory to glory and to go from breakthrough to breakthrough? I remember when God released me from a very abusive and very toxic marriage and I needed, I needed to go. I needed to go. It was very toxic. I rented a room. I rented a small room in a little city called Stanton. And I'd never even heard of that city. And the girlfriend of mine got me this room. And I thought, where in the world is Stanton? So I'm in this little room in this place called Stanton. And the whole time that I was there, my whole goal was I'm getting out of here as soon as possible. I want to get my own place. I don't want to rent a room. I was used to, used to having my own apartments. Well, if I would have moved myself, I, I, I actually tried a couple of times to, to move myself out of that place. I was working and, um, and was able to, but things kept falling through and I kept trying to claw my way out. But you see, God had a plan. God had something else in, in store there. As a matter of fact, I saved a newborn baby that was in bushes across the street from my door. I had a little side entrance, a little side door that I would go into. And one night I was standing outside and I heard this noise in the bushes and come to find it was a brand new baby that someone had thrown in the bushes in December. This is in a December night. It was very cold. And I, I know that if I would have moved that weekend before, that month before, those days before, that baby probably would have died. And not only that, I met my husband, Pastor Carlos, on this street about six or eight months after I'd moved in. There were so many things. I even found a ministry home that I could go to that helped me grow and to um, to to help raise us up into ministry. So all of these things happened in this place where I felt like I was in the biggest storm of my life. All of these things were happening around me and I was trying to claw my way out. But you see, if I would have picked myself up and moved myself out of that situation too soon, that baby boy who would be about 14 or 15 years old now wouldn't be with us today. Not with us. <laughs> of course, he's not with us. <clears throat> of course, my father-in-law, at the time, he wasn't my father-in-law then, but he said, why don't you keep that baby? I'm like, you know, we can't do that. <laughs> but boy, God is so good and God is so faithful. So we need to learn to be content and we need to learn to grow where we are planted. Before God can say, okay, you're done. You can move now. You're done cooking. On to the next recipe in your life. He waits until his turkey thermometer, if you will, pops up. Not ours not in our timing, but in God's perfect timing. We don't know what's ahead. We don't know what he has for us. I had no idea that I would be saving a newborn baby that was thrown into some bushes. I just wanted to get the heck out of there. But praise God that he didn't move me sooner and I couldn't manipulate the situation to get out soon enough. I don't want to always be learning and never come to the knowledge of the truth. Like Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3, we need to be people who walk in truth. Years ago, years ago, I read a book, you might have heard of it, called The Bait of Satan, 
Well, in it, author and teacher Don, John Bevere, he puts it like this. If God sent you there, do not leave until God releases you. If the Lord is silent, he is often saying, don't change a thing. Don't leave. Stay where I have placed you. When God does instruct us to leave or transition or move us, we will go with peace. We will go out with peace. We will go out with joy. It will be in his timing and his timing is always trustworthy. Isaiah 55, 12 says you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst in song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. I want mountains bursting in song before me and trees clapping before me. But you might be thinking, me? Why would the Lord do that for me? Because he says it right here in his scriptures. You will go out in joy. You will be led forth in peace. Yes, you are that precious to him. You are loved so much. I want to transition from place to place, from battle to battle, from glory to glory, from breakthrough to breakthrough in perfect peace. God has a purpose behind every circumstance that we are in. He uses these circumstances to, to develop our character. In fact, he depends more on our circumstances to transi transition us or move us more than he depends on our reading the Bible. Yikes. I'm not saying not to read your Bible. <laughs> Don't put it back on the shelf and let it collect us. We need to be in our word to remind us who we are in Christ. But mainly we learn a lot from our circumstances, don't we? It develops our character. In fact, he depends more on that than he does in us reading our word. Jesus warned us that we would have problems in this life, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he did. John 16.33 says, let me read that to you, John 16.33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Praise God. No one, rich or poor, will skate through life problem-free. And every time you solve one, another one is waiting just around the corner for you. It's called growing up. But we have to be content in the midst of those problems that arise and in those circumstances, if we have, are ever to be moved from them. We've not got to learn to be content. Our most intimate experiences with God will most likely be during these times, drawing us closer to God and learning things about Him that we can't learn any other way, not to mention about ourselves, right? I learned so much about myself and about God and who he is and who he is in me when I'm going through certain things. And as you mature in Christ and as you get, get along a little bit long further with him, the further that we grow and the more mature we are, the more that we learn. God could have kept Joseph out of jail kept Daniel out of the lion's den, kept Jeremiah from being tossed into that slimy pit, and even kept Paul from being shipwrecked three times. But he didn't. He allowed those problems to happen. And every one of those persons was drawn closer to God as a result. Character building is a slow process, my friend. 
whenever we try to avoid it or escape it, when we try to escape the difficulties, we put and we put our hand in God's process and delay it, or worse, we completely stop it. Shame on us. Don't put your hand in God's work and end up with the worst kind of pain and no growth, for sure no transitions. And most definitely, we cannot be putting our hands in someone else's transition. That was a big one for me. That'll stunt your growth for sure, theirs and yours. I, there was a time when my husband was not acting the way that I wanted him to act. I didn't like the way he was living, so I kept trying to fix him. I kept trying to do everything that I could to stop his growth. And in the meantime, all I was doing was stopping my growth. There was I was I was continually playing Holy Spirit, putting my hand in 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 his own walk, in his salvation, and taking my eyes off of mine. Well, if you're not going to go to church tonight, well then I'm not going to go. Well, if you're not going to go to Bible study, well then I'm not going to go. I mean, I was so afraid that if I just went without him. He could possibly escape the house, right? And I come home and he's not there. I felt the need to stay home and to babysit him. But all I was doing was stunting my own growth. I was missing out on my growth and my truth. And I was, I, and I was not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in him. And I wasn't trusting God to work in him. I wasn't content during that time of transition. If only I would have transitioned and allowed the transition to take place. But until I took my hand off of my husband and put it where it belonged, up in the air, praising my God, and I worked on my own salvation and let the Holy Spirit do his work in him, well, then the Holy Spirit had room to grow, had room to move. And Paul addresses this too, right here in Philippians 2, 12 and 16. I'll read it to you. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now how much more in my absence, continue to work your own salvation out with fear and trembling. Philippians 2 verse 13 now. For it is God who works in you and your loved ones, <laughs> my emphasis, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Verse 15, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Verse 16, last scripture, as you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. That was Philippians 2, 12 through 16, if you want to go back and check that out. When I finally did this, when I finally began to move and to grow and to transition, guess what? My husband started to, too. Started to also. When I took my hand off of him and allowed contentment to come in my life and to work on my own salvation, then my husband got to grow, too, because I wasn't there trying to completely play Holy Spirit. You know you are growing when you can be in a tough situation and ask God, okay, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? Conform me here, Lord, so that I may be transformed. Transform me right here, right now through this God. I didn't say comfort me, Lord. I know some of you might've heard the word comfort there, but I didn't say that. 
I said, conform me, Lord. Make me content, not comfortable. Then the truth will hit us and the transformation will come. Remember earlier when I when I was starting our teaching, I talked to you about our if-onlys. And I know you had some that you filled in the blank there. I know I did. But let's change that if-only today. If only we would just honor God where we are. If only we would just do our best where we are planted. If only we would take our eyes off of others and onto Christ. He will move you. He will bring you what you need. God knows what he is doing, and well, we don't. His ways are higher. Amen. You know that song. You know that scripture. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are deeper, and he is sovereign, not us. Let him move you. Let him transform you. And our last if only is if only we would allow God and his truth to do his work. Can that be your if only today? Can we change that blank space instead of, a, of an, 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 if, an if only of, if only my house was bigger, or if only I was thinner, or if only this, or if only I had a better this. Let's focus our attention on if only I would just honor God where I am. If only I would just do my best where God has placed me right now. What is your if only? Allow God in his truth to do his work in you. I bless you with that word today. And I pray that as you go through these next uh, couple of weeks, as we're ending the year 2020, I would just pray that you would be content where you are and know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that there are sunny days ahead, that there are so, so many things to look forward to, so much hope in Christ. God bless you. And I want you to know that your breakthrough is coming.